Good morning, friends and family. I was up actually really early this morning, but it's already, it's 10.30. I can't believe it. But I've been reading and studying. My mind this morning was on uh, compromise and how uh, how we compromise as Christians and where it takes us and uh, kind of studying about that. Um, the Bible makes it clear that God does not condone compromising his standards. Uh, the Bible says that joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for them, him, search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. And that's in Psalms 119, verses 1 through 4. You know, it's like with compromise, I was as I was thinking about this morning, it's like as we compromise a little here and we compromise a little there with the ways of the world, and um, it's like watering down our life, just like, just like people water down the word and we're taught a, a word that is just so watered down it doesn't even mean what it originally said. And But with compromise, it kind of reminds me of the verse about the, the little foxes. We do it gradually. The, just like it says the little foxes, they come and they spoil the vine. Um, the little foxes it's talking about. So it's the little things. So, so many times we compromise a little here, we compromise a little there. And we find that we're compromising our lives and our lives are actually being watered down. We're not standing strong in the power of his might when we do those things, when we compromise. The um, There was another scripture. Um, let's see. Actually, the word joyful in the scripture I just read or blessed describes people of righteousness, those who are totally uh, subservient to God's will and wholeheartedly devoted in their relationship to him. We do not compromise or, or deviate from his standards. We walk only in his paths. We hear only God's voice. We do not yield to or permit any deviation from his word. So we've got to hold on to the word of God. But first of all, we've got to read it. We've got to know it. If you're depending on people in church to teach you the word of God, if you're depending on pastors to teach you the whole word of God, you're never going to get it. You've got to get in the word yourself with the presence of God, the spirit of God and say, God, help me know this, what this word is saying. Help me understand it. Help me retain it. And, and pray that the enemy doesn't steal any of that good seed that you're reading. So there's so much more to it than going to church on Sunday and hearing the word and agreeing with it and, and then not maybe the rest of the week or, or hit and miss the rest of the week. So in not compromising requires our, our submission to him and to him only regardless of the world's concession to, to godlessness, which there is so much godlessness in the world, it, it's not hard to get caught up 
in it. But as believers, we have to trust, we have to see to it that no one takes us captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which this is what the Bible says, which depends on human tradition. There's so much human tradition. We got to watch out for that and be, and the basic principles of the world rather than on Christ. See Colossians chapter two, verse eight. See also Hebrews three, verse 12. So we are also, we're commanded to be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks us for a reason for the hope that is in us. See 1 Peter 3.15. So in other words, we're commanded not only to remain faithful to the word, but to defend it and correct those who are in opposition to the word. And you can see 2 Timothy 2, verses 24 and 25 to confirm that word. So God is serious about our not compromising his word with the values of the world. Very serious. The reason being uh, that those outside of Christ may then come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. If if we're not the Bible they can read, who's going to be? You know what I mean? They Somebody has got to stand up for the Lord. Somebody has got to stand up according to the word. Somebody has got to be the light that doesn't hide their uh, light under a bushel. But then, you know, we have those that profess to be Christians and yet their lives are are not in keeping with the the scriptures. They're compromising their biblical beliefs by living like the world lives. Well, for them, the things of the world and its sensual allurements that just take precedence over the word of God. So they've made those things of the world, those things of the world, which are so temporal, which are wood, hand stubble. Those things are not going to last forever. They are not eternal. They're going to be burned up in the end. So those people that are, are um, that are just lured in by those temporal things are making gods out of them if they're putting them above God. Jesus referred to these people as, quote, those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Mark 4, verse 18 and 19. And then there are the ones that who... Through professing to follow Christ, they compromise their faith by craving craving worldly success and accolades from their fellow men. They want to be stars in front of, you know, men instead of Jesus. Jesus chastised these type of people who rationalize their questionable behavior. He said, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? John 5, 41 through 44. So in other words, to compromise in, in your total allegiance 
and devotion to God is to allow the allurements of this world with its accompanying worries to take precedence over Christ. See Matthew 6, 24. So how do we compromise the word of God? In many different ways. We compromise it when we fail to accept the word. We compromise it when we, we place our old or our, our own desires and that of others ahead of the word of God. We compromise it when as true believers in Christ, uh, we, we actually, as true believers in Christ, we've got to accept God's word as absolute, the truth. And we must fully be obedient to his word. We must, and we must recognize that his word is not to be compromised for any reason or for anyone. You know, Jesus came and he saved us. He blessed us. He strengthened us. He, he brought us through so much. And he brought us through in power, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the fire of God. And then we begin to compromise his word and we become just like people have, as I said, watered down his word. We're becoming watered down. Can we help anybody in that state? I don't think so. We're, we're infiltrated by the wor- ways of the world. So we're not a uh, single-minded. We're double-minded. We're not on the straight and narrow. We're, we're uh, on the, the wide road to destruction and the straight and narrow. We got one foot on one and one foot on the other. We're stretched wide. We're of no use to the kingdom of God. And we are not in right standing with God if we're compromising with the ways of the world, then we're actually submitting to the ways of the world. Therefore, we are bowing to the ways of the world. Therefore, we are bowing to the God of this world. Well, it's time to repent. It's time to repent, to look at our life, to get back on track and allow God to work in us what, whatever our call is, to will and to do of his good pleasure. We can't afford, we don't even have time to compromise. There was a scripture, I'm going to look up a scripture, a couple scriptures here actually. When we fail to accept the word of God, let me read this. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. What does that mean? That means they want teachers who are going to teach the word and bring the word across that's going to be soothing to their ears. It isn't going to matter what it does to them spiritually or where it takes them spiritually. And that the last part of that actually says, and it will turn away. Um, wait, I meant since I confused myself, They suit their own passions. That's the kind of teachers they want that suit their own passions. And they will turn away from listening to the truth and they will wander off into myths. 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. Let me read a couple more scriptures and then I'll close. When we place our desires and that of others ahead of the word of God. 
while here's the scripture acts 5 verse 4 while it remained unsold unsold did it not remain your own and after it was sold was it not at your own disposal why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart you have not lied to men but to god okay he's talking about Ananias and Sapphira here and how they lied to the Holy Spirit when they compromised so much that they compromised their whole life over this little piece of land and a little bit of money. Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? That's where the enemy entered in. As soon as they opened their heart to that deed, to that temptation, You have not lied to men, but to God. And then as true believers in Christ, we must accept God's word as absolute inerrant truth. 2 Timothy 3.16 We must be fully obedient to his word. John 14.15 And we must recognize that his word is not to be compromised for any reason for anyone. Let me go to Revelation 3.15. He says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would you were either cold or hot? And you can go on to read the rest of that for yourself. It's not a good thing to be so watered down uh, that you, you as a Christian who have been born again, set apart, who God says, come out from among them and be separate, Later on down the road a little ways as a Christian, you're beginning to look just like the world and do just like the world. So it's time to come out from among them and be separate. It's time to humble yourself before God and repent and get right with him again. Because those temporal things are going to take you straight to hell. Those temporal things are going to be burned up. And that's what you're going to be a part of. And that's the, who, who's the God of those temporal things? Because that's who you're serving. You can't serve two masters. I forget where that is in the Bible, but the Bible says you cannot serve two masters. You will love the one and hate the other or something like that. I forget exactly how it goes. So you know what? The master you're serving when you're... Uh, have compromised with the ways of the world. You're looking like the world. You're acting like the world. You're talking like the world. You're serving a different master. You you gave up your your uh, your heritage with the Lord. You, you gave up as an heir of the Lord, and you you turned and went back to Egypt, so to speak. And and so, who's master? Who's your master? That one that's going to be destroyed in the end. So where does that leave you if you don't repent? So what I'm saying today is this is the time. This is the hour. Time is getting short. This is the time to repent. And I'm going to close right there. Praying for each and every one of you. Praying that God will bring each and every one of us in closer to him. Where we walk close enough to hear 
what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us, we hear when he says, you know what, you're, nope, I don't want you to step out there. No, I don't want you to do that. No, I don't want you to write that and put that out there. And we are obedient to those instructions that the Holy Spirit gives us. So this is food for thought in regard to your life and where you're standing with the Lord. And um, I pray that you'll think about it because compromise is not a good thing. It'll take us down a, a road that we would never want to choose to go a lot further than we would ever think we would go. and family um, I was thinking about giving a disclaimer here because I noticed that I have people subscribe to this channel and then uh, unsubscribe to the from this channel so let me just say who I am for one thing my name is Gail Manizak I am a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ I am a born-again spirit-filled, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, uh, Christian. Um, I believe in the Trinity, and I love the Lord with all my heart. I'm grateful to be filled with the Holy Spirit and, and have Him living inside of me. So just to have that closeness and have that relationship with the Lord is a blessing. So you know what? If, if you don't believe in that, that's uh, fine and good. You probably need to read the Bible and go and listen to what Peter said about have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed. You know, maybe you haven't, but you need the fire of God. You need the power of God and the glory of God within you, which is the Holy Spirit, if you're going to live and stand strong in this day. So in saying that, that is my disclaimer. If you're not believing in any of that you probably this is not the channel that you want to listen to okay so I welcome you though I welcome you I love you each and every one it, it, no matter what you believe there was a time I didn't believe in being filled with the spirit either there was a time I didn't believe in healing and the gifts of the spirit and the fire of God and and all of that I was a Baptist and I, I was taught actually against those things but I was born again in the Baptist Church which is you know is a beautiful church a beautiful beautiful uh, salvation born-again experience that I had with the Lord there but uh, later on I continued to go into Pentecost and be filled with the Spirit of God and that's how the Lord led me and that's that's the way that I went. So, you know, it's up to each one of us to follow the leading of the Lord. He, Holy Spirit, is our teacher. And um, he's going to teach us and take us to the places where he wants us to grow and to those that he wants us to listen to. So anyway, in saying all that, this message is in regard to thoughtless words. <clears throat> Excuse me, I think I named it Thoughtless Crazy Words on YouTube. But you know what? In Matthew 12, verse 36, Jesus said, I tell you 
that men will will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. So, you know, you're not just going to give an account for one word that you spoke at one time when you got angry or got upset. You're going to give an account at judgment for every careless word that you have ever spoken is what it sounds to me like. Or not just you, but all of us. So when, as I go on here, when I hear someone telling, say, um, dirty jokes, uh, coarse, any type of coarse talking, I always remember what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians where he said, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that, that it might benefit those who listen. Nor should there be obscenity, obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather, Paul said, there should be thanksgiving. Read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, and Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4. David said, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, in Psalms 19, verse 14. So the Bible has a lot to say about the uh, careless use of words. Most people think that curse words are the worst words that we might speak or that we might even hear, but, but they and they are evil. But think, I think that the words that are worst in God's eyes are the words that we use to belittle other people, to put down other people, to lie about other people, or or hurt other people. Solomon wrote, um, not to be quick with our mouth, do not be hasty in your heart, he said, to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few, it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 2. So sometimes I wonder if we even realize what we're saying, you know, when we're saying it. It's easy in a moment of, say, heated emotions or, um, you know, maybe you got in a, a argument with your spouse or an exchange of words and, and to say things it would be easy to say things that we're going to soon regret. I don't think any of us are guiltless in this area of our lives. All of us have blown it probably at least once, if not maybe many more times. But let me tell you, the long-term damage of the words that we speak can be devastating for others, the others that hear it. For years, it can affect people into the future. So the Bible tells us that the tongue is wicked, it's deceitful, it's perverse, it's filthy, corrupt, uh, it's flattering, it's slanderous, it's gossiping, it's blasphemous, foolish, boasting, complaining. The tongue, it's cursing, contentious, sensual, and it's vile. So the tongue is you in a unique way. It's a, a tattletale that tells on your heart. And and it discloses discloses actually the real person of you or me. 
Not only that, the misuse of the tongue is maybe the easiest way to sin because there are some sins that an individual, you know, you might not be able to commit it because he or she does not have the opportunity right then to commit it. But there are no limits to the tongue. There are no limits to to what we can say. There are no built-in restraints. There are no, no boundaries to our tongue unless we set up boundaries ourselves. The Apostle James wrote, if anyone considers himself religious, yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is is worthless. James 1.26 So trying to hurt someone with our words can be dangerous. And sometimes we're not trying to hurt someone with our words, but you know, uh, angry emotions or an argument or division will bring out angry words. And we're not particularly uh, trying to hurt someone, but it's dangerous for us to, to hurt people with our words. The Bible says in Proverbs 10, he who conceals his hatred, and sometimes that is the case, has lying lips and whoever spread slander is a fool Proverbs 10:18 You know do you ever think about Daniel and and do you ever wonder what happened to the liars that caused Daniel to be thrown into the lion's den have you have you ever given that any thought because the, at the king's command in Daniel chapter 6 it said at the king's command the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and their children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. See Daniel 6, verse 24. So those false accusers who slandered Daniel's name suffered the consequences of their own words. They paid the price for what came out of their own mouth. They didn't count the cost about that, I guess. So, you know, when words are many, sin is not absent. But the Bible says in Proverbs 10, But he who holds his tongue is wise. And that's in Proverbs 10, verse 19. So then, you know, I'm sure we've all tried to kind of talk ourselves out of some situation that we've gotten ourselves into only to find out that many words, our many words, only worsen the problem. And there is an old saying that it says, it goes something like this, it's better to keep your mouth shut and let everyone think you are a fool than to speak up and remove all doubt. Hello? (laughs) So he who has a deceitful heart finds no good and he who has perverse a perverse tongue falls into evil proverbs 17:20 so reckless words pierce like a sword but the tongue of the wise brings healing proverbs 12:18 reckless words can be a, a real problem for people reckless careless words can be extremely hurtful when, say, spoken to our children or, or spoken to our spouse. 
there's been more than one marriage that's been devastated because a husband or a wife they used words in a a very reckless manner and also there have been situations with children where fathers and mothers have been prone to speak before they've listened to what their children even had to say about situations and the bible warns us about that too he who answers before listening that is his folly and his shame proverbs 18:13 these are things we need to take into account and be careful of these are our instructions are we going to be perfect in it no but if we know the word of god we're going to be much more careful what we're saying and we're going to strive for some kind of perfection we're we're supposed to be striving for the high call of of Christ Jesus our lord and then there's employee and employer relationships that can go down the drain when you know someone doesn't uh someone doesn't think before they speak and they're saying you know there is an old saying that says don't talk so fast uh, that saying things you haven't even thought of yet you're saying is something we should all remember before we speak. He who guards his lips guards his life. But he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. You know, that's pretty cut and dried what we're hearing here out of Proverbs. He who guards his his uh lips guards his life. So if you're guarding what you're saying, you're guarding your life, your heart, your your life in Christ, but But if you're speaking rashly, that kind of speech is coming out of you. It's going to ruin you. It's it's clearly told here. He who speaks rashly will come to ruin. That means you. If you're speaking that way to people, you you are the one that is going to come to ruin, not them. You might have hurt them, but you're the one that's going to come to ruin. So we really need to think before we speak. I have I've heard people say, well, everyone is entitled to their own opinions and I'll agree that's true. Um but here's what the Bible says about those who don't and I've probably said that myself, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But the Bible says about those who don't want to listen to good advice and are always wanting to express their own opinion, The Bible says a fool finds pleasure in understanding but delights in airing his own opinions. So if you're delighting in airing your own opinion and you don't even find any pleasure in getting understanding from the things that other people have to say, you know there's a problem there. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoever walks wisely will be delivered. Proverbs 28:26. You know when God himself calls someone a fool, then maybe that someone should consider changing their ways. Then maybe someone can should consider what is coming out of their mouth and how important it is to God if no one else. The Bible says a fool's lips bring him strife and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his undoing. 
and his lips are a snare to his soul. Pretty clear what the Bible's saying in Proverbs too. Those of us that are not paying attention to the words that we're speaking to others. We want to bless others, uplift others, edify others, not tear them down. You know, everybody's in their own process of serving the Lord. And many of us make mistakes. And many of us are in that place, in that process with the Lord. Where when we see we've made a mistake, we're repenting. And asking God to help us. But sure, nobody's perfect and all of us do make mistakes. But this is our instructions. This is what we're supposed to pay attention to and remember and try to follow the teachings of the Lord. We're never going to be perfect as long as we're in this body of flesh, I don't believe. Only when we put on that immortality. But you know what? This is our instruction, and we need to pay attention. These are the things that God has said. So I'm going to close right here, but those words that we speak can make us look wise, or they can make us look like a fool. So which is it going to be for you? I, I want to I want to look wise. I want to not just look wise. I want to be wise. So I want my words to not hurt other people for sure. But I want my words to strengthen others or help them in some way. But the words that we use, and let me close with this phrase, the words that we use are a choice that we make every single day of our life. Every single day when you talk to your spouse, when you talk to your children, or you talk to your neighbors, or you talk to the grocery store clerk or the receptionist, at the doctor's office, the words that you say, those are the choices you made to say. You know, either you can be ornery and say um, unwise things to people or hurtful things to people, or you can bless them with your words, whether you agree with them or not. You know, and I've, I've often said, I think that I said this in my YouTube message, you know what, I, most people that know me know that I have said this, that anything less than a blessing is a curse. So if you're not blessing people with your words, you're cursing them. That makes you, uh, basically makes you a witch, which is you're in rebellion. So let's get on, on with the program and let's, let's serve God right. Let's do it all the way. Let's give him a hundred percent. I just spoke a message on that recently about giving God 100%, not 50%. And yet realizing and being merciful to others because we have Christians that are younger than we are that are in the process of growing and learning and maturing and you, it doesn't happen overnight. But they're in the process too and they're making their mistakes just like those of us that have been in the, in the Lord for a while and even in ministry for a while make our mistakes we still have to make those mistakes. We still have to make them right with God. We still have to repent. We still have to uh, make things right with other people sometimes when we've hurt them. If I say mean, cruel things to my husband, you know, 
if we have a disagreement and I say things that just try to, um, I almost said destroy him, definitely destroy him. If I try to tear him down, I'm in the wrong. You know, if I don't agree with him, that's, that's between him and I, but it's between me and God that the words that come out of my mouth, what they are and how they come out of my mouth. And, and, you know, the intention even behind how they come out of my mouth. And saying that, I'm going to close before I say too much and get myself in trouble. But anyway, I'm not going to get myself in trouble. I, I do my best to obey the word of the Lord. And when I fail, which I do fail, I will be happy to admit that. I'm also going to repent for my failures and ask God to help me do better. The same as my husband does as well. If he fails in the Lord or feels like he's failed in the Lord, he's in repentance and asking God to forgive him and help him do better next time. And um, in saying that, I just want to bless you and thank you for listening to the message. And if it helps you, I'm grateful to God. I give it all, all to God. I give all the glory to God. I have none to take for myself. But... Um, I'm like you are. I'm I'm flesh and blood. I'm human. I'm a born-again Christian filled with the Spirit, but I still make my mistakes. I still need the Word of God. I still need the Holy Spirit. I need Jesus with me every hour. I need the... The other day that song kept coming to me, and I thought I ended up posting it on Facebook. I thought how relevant that is to my life. Every hour I need thee. If I don't have him... If I, if I was to forget about him for a day, I'd surely make all kinds of mistakes. I mean, I can remember him every day and still make mistakes at times. But you know what? The Bible says, and I do want to say this, but I'm talking about mistakes and, you know, uh, stuff like that. But this, our words sometimes are outright sin. Our words can be curse words, not in saying uh, just bad words, but in actually placing curses on people's life when we talk negative about them, that is sin. And we need to repent of it and ask the Lord to help us not do that anymore because we need to be um, not gossiping, slandering, tearing people down, but doing the opposite. We need to be lifting each other up. We need to be praying for one another. We definitely need to be praying for all people, all Christians, brothers and sisters we see going through trials. They need our prayers. And we, we actually, that is a part of our responsibility to help. Like the Lord showed me a vision recently of a pastor who needed his arms held up. He was weak. He was going through a time of weakness, spiritually vulnerability maybe, I don't know, the Lord didn't show me like specifically what he was going through, just that he needed his arms held up. So for me, that's a time to begin to pray for that one and not not only just pray for the him, you know, from my prayer closet, but pray that God will bring people upside him, beside him and help him be strong in the Lord at those weak moments. And we all have them. We're all human, right? Okay, in saying that, I'm going to say bless you. We love you guys. We pray for each and every one that comes to the...
podcast or to YouTube site. And we, we just bless you in Jesus' name. Have a great day.